Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 222, episode 4 of Your Daily Zeitgeist, a production yeah! of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness, and it is Thursday, February 4th, 2022. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Some people say I cheat at word all day. <laughs> Don't get that I'm just a genius. If it takes more than four guesses, you should just shoot off your own penis. I don't mind spending every day hosting a podcast with miles of gray. Yeah, look for the boy with the bright white thighs. <laughs> if you think my wordle scores a lot, you can suck on these. <laughs> You can suck these nuts. Uh, that is courtesy of, uh, first of all, shout out to Discord Zeitgang, new Twitter account that is allowing me to get the fire AKs from the Discord without actually going into the Discord. <laughs> and that is from first time AKA writer Josiah on Discord to the tune of Maroon 5, She Will Be Loved, inspired by Wordle. Zara's search history last week, which was about shooting dicks off, and uh, Kid Rock's lyrical acumen, where he, he said, you can suck on D's, but then felt the need to actually clarify what that meant, and went back and said, nuts, uh, after the fact. Anyways, I am thrilled to be joined uh, by a very special guest co-host who is an Emmy-nominated TV writer, the artist and comedian behind the critically acclaimed one-woman show Boss Huma's Girl, and the new show Mrs. Joseph Chestnut America USA, which I'm told is comprised of stand-up, full ass, and a history of hot dogs. Uh, you know her from podcasts like the Bechdel cast, My Year Immensa, Lolita podcast, and Vulture's number one podcast of 2021, Ack cast by Jamie Loftus. It's Jamie Loftus! Wow! A.K.A. I'm not Jamie, gotta love me. And then I'm not going to keep going on that. Because, because my A.K.A. I, was 45 minutes long? You, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Super producer Anna Hosea correctly noted in the Zoom chat that that was an HR nightmare that you just sang. Oh, was it? Why? Yeah, so you have to contact yourself. I haven't been on Zeitgeist in so long. It feels it feels good. I feel at home. I feel back. Yes. I haven't played Wordle yet. Oh, Jamie, you simply must. No, it's very stupid. Uh, I'm still like I still I'm I know it's fun, but I'm gonna start playing. It's the same thing as what was that thing with the annoying guy, and everyone would stop what they were doing and watch the annoying guy. HQ. <laughs> HQ, yeah. Sorry. Oh, man. Uh, I, like, caught on to that at the last second, and then they're like, oh, the annoying guy quit, so we're fucking done with it. And so that's going to be me and Wordle, too. Is that, it's be, that was an HR nightmare because the Maroon 5 song is really creepy? Uh, yeah, I, I guess. Or just my performance was, oh, oh, and also the <laughs> suck on these nuts. Okay, got yes. it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Understood. Got it. And I am getting a, an email from HR already. So wow. producer Anna has already reported me. So well Cancel done. Cancel culture. It's coming for us <laughs> I all. I mean, what's next, right? <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, we are thrilled and fortunate to be joined by a very funny comedian, TV writer, actor, podcaster, yeah. who you've seen on his Comedy Central stand-up special, uh, The Late Late Show with James Corden, This Is Not Happening, Adam Devine's House Party at Midnight. You've seen him on all of those things because you watch a lot of TV. He's written for Comedy Central Adult Swims, currently writing and acting on Mr. Iglesias on Netflix. You've heard him on This American Life. WTF with Mark Marin, Two Dope Queens, and his podcast, Scattered, which was named one of the 10 best podcasts of 2019 by Time Magazine. We got a, a top podcast off with our uh, co host <laughs> and guest. Please welcome the brilliant and talented Chris Garcia. Thank you. Thanks, Jack. Thanks for reading my whole bio to everybody. That's hey, really man. Nice. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just making sure they're they're up on uh, all the amazing shit you're doing, man. Welcome well, to the show. Yeah, thanks. And uh, hey, Jamie, how's it going? Your podcasts it's are the best. Good. So I feel like I'm in, in the presence so of something special. <laughs> wow. I was, uh, it's so nice to see you, Chris. It's been forever. Yeah, it's been such a long time. Are you all you doing good? 
question. Yeah, yeah, same. Definitely the same. <laughs> Fine is... right now. Later, no. <laughs> is like kind of the standard. Uh, not the standard. That should be the standard response. Yeah, I'm yeah. always like, good. Yeah, I'm great. Everything's <laughs> yeah, fucking yeah. awesome. Because no that's just, uh, I want people to like me. <laughs> that's my favorite when someone says that they're doing fine, but they say it a little too loud and it becomes extremely <laughs> obvious that they're, they're yeah, I'm doing yeah, fine. I'm great. Yeah, really good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the first I, word they've said in three months. <laughs> like, yeah, good. <laughs> They, can't. they don't like <laughs> they have the volume controlling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, no. What the fuck? <laughs> well, Chris, we are going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we are going to tell our listeners a couple of things we're talking about. NFL coach Brian Flores is suing the racist NFL for being racist. Uh, so we'll just hmm. check in with that still developing story. We're going to talk about Canada's neo Nazi convoy is still happening, still hanging around, certainly on Fox News. They, they're they still loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. There's a podcast called the MLK Tapes that I recently binged. And I think like a lot of people somewhere between suspect and know that like there was more to the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. than is like kind of the official story, but I just wanted to cover off on some of the details there because it's pretty, pretty fucking wild. And we might even get to some NFT talk. You know, we're we're a big NFT podcast oh. here. We're, you know, Zeitcoin coming soon to a wallet near you. I don't know what the fuck uh, where NFTs come to, but NFTs are stupid and they're infiltrating music in a way that is uh, especially stupid. So we're going to tell you about that new thing. What's it called? It's like a hit something hit piece. The last so. the last thing I learned about NFTs truly did like knock me flat on my ass for two hours. If we start talking about NFTs, I get so confused and then I get angry and then I get angry and confused and then I start lashing out. Yeah, cool. Well, we will go through all those stages of uh, NFT grief with you if okay. if we get to that story. Hopefully we won't. Uh, <laughs> all of that, plenty more. But first, Chris, we do like to ask our guests, what is something from your search history? I mean, this is, I think, from just a couple days ago, but I was feeling so just like blah and low that I've, I looked up if um, Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan are still friends. And then I just thought, <laughs> I was I, like, I need something nice in this world. Can I have something nice? Turns out they're still friends. And they have so many cute pictures together oh, where man. they're just like yes. hugging and hanging out and making silly faces. And it really, it really put a smile on my face. And I, you know, I haven't closed that window. I still go back to it in a pinch when I need it. So I, I highly recommend that if you need a little pick-me-up. I don't know. If That's it's, amazing. And then I was like, oh, gosh, it's uh, Lunar New Year and Black History Month. And I don't know, subconsciously, I was like, oh, let's kick this off. But not that, they, not that they're all I know about Black History and, right. and uh, Chinese culture. Good thing. It's Good like, right. oh, I don't know any. Who's this Martin Luther King guy we're talking about later? Um, I don't know any about this stuff. No, um, but it put a, a real smile on my face. And then I also searched, I don't know if you've seen the Super Bowl ads, but Eminem is doing the halftime show. And so yeah. I was I was searching to see if his I well I wanted to make a joke about it so I I was searching to see if his beard was dyed because it's so crazy black and his it hair is. is so black that I looked up just for men and M like to see if that if anyone had made that <laughs> pun yet because he really looks like a guy on a just for men box and no one no one is saying anything about they're saying that's his natural people are looking up if that's his natural hair, and assuming that that's what his hair was like before he went super blonde. Platinum blonde. Platinum blonde, so. Wow. Yeah. I have no answers on that, but I suspect it's probably dying it, right? If it's that black. Yeah. And it's like a short beard. So. He's got like the blitzer cut on the beard, <laughs> yeah, so it's yeah. like, it, I don't know, like, there's, 
I'm picturing a like 24 hour period where his whole face is like dyed, uh, like whatever color he's trying to dye his beard. (laughs) He's locked down. (laughs) Yeah, he just has to like, I don't know, like stay in a dark room somewhere because I don't know how you pull that off. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. It's like we don't know. People are always going to notice when Eminem's hair of in any location on his body gets darker because he became famous in the frosty tips era too so it's always going to really trigger people's brains true because those tips were frosted for a good decade yeah they were so even his natural hair color is like kind of like that's not right he's i don't know i didn't know that he was the halftime show guy. I'm like, there's so many elements of the world right now where it's like, why is everyone so determined for it to be 2004 <laughs> again? Yeah. Like, it's so bizarre to me. It's weird that people are longing for a time when George Bush was president right after 9 <laughs> like, 11. It's like, that's not a good sign. That's not yeah. a good sign. Will the real Slim Shady please stand up? <laughs> is what I keep asking my kids and they don't know what the fuck i'm talking about i am like it's embarrassing but i still do get kind of stoked when you hear like like when you hear the beginning of lose yourself i still get kind of stoked yeah Yeah. Uh, his beard is um it's one of the more i don't know i was not ready It, it reminds me for whatever reason of when hulk hogan like had a beard like when oh, yeah, had like that true. dark beard and I was just like no that's all wrong but like Hulk Hogan did it as part of a heel turn like that was like part of like the in WWE storyline and it just it feels fake to me it feels like somebody he's just waking up and like a special effects artist is like putting it on his face every morning but I'm sure that's not the case right yeah I can't do it Definitely not. But if it, but if it is, it, it was your idea. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't. That that's a good point. I I feel like I'm excited because they have Kendrick as part of the halftime show. They have Mary J. Blige. They have Snoop. Like they're gonna play some great hits. But I feel like it's gonna be a lot of like old Eminem shit. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Which. Those keys at the beginning of uh, the twin, 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 like that they've been playing all over those commercials, the guess who's back keys, like are just now, I don't know. They they had gotten iconic, but I'm wondering if this is, people are just going to be like, all right, that's plenty. (laughs) (laughs) We're we're all set. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What is something you think is overrated, Chris? I I was thinking about a couple things. One, I think, is uh, mezcal. I don't know if there's there's been like a real mezcal. I I personally like it, but I think people pretend that they like it and don't actually like it. They like that it's like new and kind of exotic and kind of expensive, but Mm. it really tastes like AutoZone or like um, it tastes like (laughs) the the wind inside of a Pet Boys, you know? And I'm like, you can't, you're not really liking this. I enjoy it, and uh, but I don't think people are because pe- it's all it's all over menus, all over the place, and people are like, "Oh, we shot a mess." I was like, "There's no way you really like this." I think people right. are just pretending. So I missed this. I stopped drinking a while back and I missed the mezcal wave. But like my understanding was that it was like more of a like smoky tequila. And you're telling me it's more of a. Oh, it's smoky. Pep Boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Pep Boys interior. Pep Boys air kills me. <laughs> yeah, crazy hard auto shop plastic. You know, hints of that. <laughs> so specific. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A little whiff of the Jiffy Lube. <laughs> yeah, 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 just hints of jiffy lube yeah yeah (laughs) but that's because like alcohol and like spirits in particular are things that we taste that don't like aren't really even designed to taste like food like uh, any other food we put in our bodies (laughs) so like it's it's funny that like yeah people are like yeah it's gotta like if there were wine connoisseurs which i'm sure there are uh for spirits if they were just like yeah it has like a a gasoline finish mixed <laughs> yeah, with yeah, like yeah. A, you know, some sort of plastics. Yeah. yeah. If you've ever like caught a uh, action figure on fire and inhaled the smoke. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, is yeah. This is of... a like 1984 William Refrigerator <laughs> Perry G.I. Joe. That has been, yeah, it's that specific. Yeah. 
It smells like burning plastic. But you like it. You like the me- mezcal. I do like it. And I okay. feel like I've had it for a while. Like I, I have lots of Mexican friends and grew up here in LA and have been to Mexico a ton. And um, so it's not like this foreign exotic thing to me. And if I yeah. took it for quite a while and I was like, oh, I like it. But I'm, I'm calling bullshit on other people liking it. I don't think they actually like it that much. Right. I think I could tell. I could tell. And I think people now are still going to be like, I'll just have a tequila. But uh, I right. think people are putting on like, oh, yeah, I know what's up. I'm going to drink mezcal. And it's like, mm. nah, you don't really like it. It's definitely like fills a void of cool thing to buy for somebody for their birthday that you like don't know. Really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You're just like, I don't know. <laughs> a bottle cool. of wine doesn't <laughs> yeah, seem, you yeah. don't seem that classy. So yeah, yeah. let's go with, let's go with this. Yeah. I always, every time I drink mezcal, it's a surprise. Cause I, I just like can never decide what I want. And then I'm just like, Oh yeah. What did, what did you get? And then you're like, Oh, that smells like Jiffy Lube. Like, <laughs> yeah, it <okay>. really does. <laughs> But I just paid ten dollars for it, so <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah, it's gonna go in my body. Like yeah, here we go. It's expensive. Uh, <laughs> it's not cheap for <laughs> for being for having that Jiffy Lube energy. But yeah. I do. I mean, I like it, but I just have. I, it's one of those things where it's like I've never voluntarily ordered it, but I have had it oh, yeah. quite a bit. Yeah, for sure. Right. It's the type of thing people buy for you. When you're like, hey, I know yeah. what's up. What is something you think is underrated? I was thinking about this and I think for like a heterosexual male to be Little Spoon is very, mm. very underrated. I don't see a lot mm. of guys talking about this. I feel like I'm kind of in a unique position because my wife is very tall. Ah. She's six foot two and I'm five nine. So there's like a there's a height disparity where I mean we kind of look like um unlikely animal friends, like a YouTube video of that. <laughs> but during the pandemic, I really started leaning. I, like, she would be Big Spoon. And I was like, this is just the best. Why aren't people talking about how this is the greatest thing in the whole world? And it just, <laughs> it could, you know, I, I guess maybe guys are commonly uh, expected to be Big Spoon. But for me to be Little Spoon, I just, like, now I just, um, I, like, ask for it like a little kid now. <laughs> like, at night, I'm like, can I be Little Spoon? And it just... It just feels so great. And I encourage everyone to do it if they haven't and to lean into it because it's it's just a really nice feeling. And I I'll I'll piggyback off that because I'm I'm six feet tall. And if you're, you know, a woman that's never been the big spoon before, it's fun. It's, <laughs> you know, it's you're like, wow, this is a it's not like it's an inherently powerful thing, but you're just like, I'm in charge of the cuddle. Yeah, yeah, right. You're, you're the cuddle boss. You are. Yeah, I, rare to be the alpha in that situation for me. But then it's like when you once you get a taste of 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 it, you're just like, damn. All right. Yeah. Men have been feeling like this all the time. I'm in charge. And I'm like, oh, ladies, gentle feel like interaction. This, this feels nice. I get this. Like I'm like, ooh, it's just a warm and cozy, nice feeling, and uh, I encourage everyone to do it. It's nice. Yeah. Love it. Do you ever just whisper, I could crush you right now, Jamie, <laughs> when you're doing it? Just to, like, you don't have to, like, make it uh, about the power, but just, like, a well, statement of fact. Yeah, I mean, you could, it's, it's, I, I like to remind people how easily I could turn it into a headlock if things, <laughs> if things got serious. You watch MMA? Because, yeah, I'm just saying, this is, um, Great position. You're <laughs> kind of fucked if I decided to uh, take it there. Not that it, yeah, I would. Yeah. But, yeah. I just right. lean over to someone's ear and be like, wild that you trust me like this. <laughs> <laughs> really leave your neck exposed. Huh? No, no, it's just an observation. Uh, yeah. All right. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. And hey, speaking of the big game, the Super Bowl is coming up, baby. And Brian Flores, who was one of the best coaches in the NFL for the past couple of years, a coach of a bad team in the Miami Dolphins. And then to everybody's surprise, he was fired at the end of last season. And so 
he then entered the like hiring portal of like okay as someone's gonna hire him immediately but as has been historically the case with black coaches in the nfl just job after job they were like actually we're gonna go with this uh random white dude you've never heard of and he there was even a thing where his former boss from the patriots bill belichick heard that the giants the new york giants were hiring someone named Brian and immediately assumed it was Brian Flores and tweeted, <laughs> texted him and was like, hey, man, congratulations. Oh, I like you got the job. And then Brian Flores was like, I haven't even interviewed yet. That's amazing to hear. And then realized what was happening. He was like, do you think you were texting the other Brian? And he was like, no, I just like read the news and assumed it was you because you're you should be getting whatever open coaching vacancy there is. So Brian Flores has filed a lawsuit against the NFL and their teams. The suit alleges that the Giants... So what, one thing about that like text message that's kind of damning is that the Giants had already made up their mind before they interviewed Brian Flores. And there's like a rule in the NFL stating you have to interview black coaches for your head coaching vacancy because they this is just such a consistent problem and not only was it just like the biggest like fucking mind fuck awful text to get but he was also finding out that they were like interviewing him as a formality to like tick this box to like satisfy the Jesus. rules of the always progressive NFL <laughs> so yeah i mean i don't like, none of this shit is surprising, but it's definitely something that absolutely, like, needs to change. And people talk about it a lot. He is kind of doing a similar thing to Colin Kaepernick and being like, I know this is going to make the NFL hate me and a lot of teams hate me and fuck it because, like, this is the greater good. And, yeah, I don't know. It's really admirable. And the NFL is immediately being like, this is ridiculous, uh, which is shocking to the NFL. It's, it's crazy because he's, uh, he's, he's a good coach. He's like, I'm not a big football guy and I hate the NFL. I'm more a uh, baseball, basketball guy. But like, he was a 10 and 6 coach in the NFL. That's pretty good. That's like a good coach. But just to meet him on a formality, just to right. check that box is so messed up. And the fact that he is risking his career forever, like Con Colin Kaepernick did, it just says so much. He could probably never coach in the NFL ever again. And to be a wh whistleblower like this, to risk everything, I mean, is just incredible. And it's just so sad that the NFL is still so racist. I mean, it's so racist that they had to institute this law, the Rooney Rule, in 2003 because there was no black coaches. So yeah. they made a rule so that they had to meet with black uh, coaches, but like 70% of the players in the NFL are black, you know, right. and they, and these racist people just treat yeah. the players like they're NASCARs, like cars, like they don't right. care. They're like, oh, we'll just pick, like, they're just like not even human. And it's like, it's so, it's so fucked up. I mean, hats off to Brian Flores and fuck the NFL forever. <laughs> That's what I said. Yeah. It's so messed up. Right. Cause it's just like, it's absurd. He's being put in the position where it's like, I totally understand why he's doing it i think it will like have a ripple effect down the line and it's also like when an institution that big shows their ass to that extent it's like of course that's the moment that it's like well if not, you know it's they're doing this shit all the time but it's kind of rare to show your ass in such a gigantic way but it's like he's he's gonna suffer for it like it's just it's ugh, it is so i don't know i truly don't give two shits about the nfl i couldn't answer a follow-up question with a knife to my head <laughs> a knife to me. yeah but it's it's just ugh, that that sucks that's awful the thing with him not getting another another job is like that i i'm hoping and this is what i hoped with kaepernick too like that team recognizes that it's good for them to 
take a stand and also get one of the best coaches in the NFL. Right. Like that, I don't know. Like that's what I'm still hopeful that a team will make the right decision both for their future success and also like morally. But <laughs> the like wait, the the Colin Kaepernick thing, I was just like listening to, you know, everybody's excited because Joe Burrow is making the Super Bowl as a second year quarterback. And people are like, nobody's ever done this except, you know, the people who are like top 10 quarterbacks in the history of the position. But Kaepernick did it. Kaepernick <laughs> yeah. went to the fucking <laughs> Super Bowl in his second year, <laughs> having only played like half the season. And, you know, his career was cut short for protesting police brutality and racism. So, like, yeah, like as hopeful as I am for. Brian Flores, like, I, I was also, like, equally hopeful for Colin Kaepernick. And, like, I'm still shocked that, like, he's not still on an NFL roster, like, at this point. Like, it's mm -hmm. it's bonkers. But, yeah, they, the NFL, like, kind of ha has had a resurgent season in terms of, like, viewership. And a lot of people have been watching it. And they are just an openly racist shit show that doesn't seem willing to even like be anything approaching honest uh, about their problem but then so. they're like hey check out the halftime show and then everyone's <laughs> like i love the halftime <laughs> show and then nothing right. gets mixed <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right let's uh check in with canada's uh neo-nazi convoy which is still hanging Hard around left. Yeah, hard. Yeah, stay to the right, I guess. is So Canada's, like, it, this is kind of a story that is, if I didn't have a daily news show, probably wouldn't pay close attention to because it's not being covered that much and it's happening in Canada. But it's a big deal on the both hard right and soft right. Like it's being hyped up by like Rogan and Carlson and Mu Elon Musk is like these are they're in revolt. 50,000 trucks. So I don't know. Yeah, are you guys familiar with this story? It's actually, by the way, 171 trucks. Slightly <laughs> exaggerated. Oh, no, this is a, this is a new story to me. Yeah. So they are claiming that they're protesting because of vaccine mandates but it like then they got to ottawa and like locked down the city and a bunch of nazi flags suddenly started flying and they just seem to be straight up you know nazis <laughs> there there's a person associated to it a woman uh who was part of wexit which is her push to have western canada <laughs> Secede and join Donald Trump's America. <laughs> no, you can't tell me that Wexit isn't a baby Brexit. Uh, <laughs> right. Wexit. I know. It's too adorable. Wexit, that's, uh, I mean, yeah. that's so embarrassing. Yeah. It's crazy that we can't even go to Canada now. <laughs> like, it used to be like, well, I'm moving to Canada. And it's like, I don't know. Nah, maybe somewhere yeah. else. <laughs> Good Lord. There's this Fox News write up about how they're like winning and what one of the lines in it making fun of Trudeau is he claims that these men and women hold unacceptable views in quotes. Heaven forbid. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, I think if there was a heaven, they'd forbid fucking Nazis. <laughs> like, that's that's a pretty it's a pretty clear line. And they're just using a bunch of like Mad Max imagery, calling them like modern day cowboys on Fox News. But anyways, JM, who our writer and Canadian, our resident Canadian, just gave us an update that the truckers got the endorsement of like, you know, more right wing ghouls like Jack Pasabiak. Pisa uh, I haven't thought you were about to pronounce. out yourself. Jack, uh, <laughs> Jack O'Brien, <laughs> uh, Donald Trump himself is on board. Me, uh, Donald Trump's son, <laughs> me again. Uh, yeah. Me, oh, there twice. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of Confederate flags, a lot of Nazi flags. At, like once they got where they were going, and like there, there's these conservative but like acceptable in the mainstream media conservative Canadian politicians who were like giving a statement 
of support for the truckers while somebody was waving a literal swastika flag behind them, <laughs> which he later distanced himself from as being bad optics. But so now that they're kind of hunkered down and, you know, have have as part of their stated goal to do Canadian January 6th, they are just a real pain in the ass for everybody who lives in Ottawa. They were harassing soup kitchen employees, and until they handed over food meant for the unhoused Ugh. because they aren't allowed in any restaurants because they refuse to wear masks. So they are now stealing food from food kitchens. They've claimed that they're going to stay in Ottawa until their demands are met. But their demands like don't really have any like they don't really make sense. They also don't mention vaccine mandates and like their claims about va vaccine mandates, like don't understand what vaccine mandates are or the fact that like they're reinforced from both sides. And also like this is not representative of truckers. 90% of uh, Canadian truckers are fully vaccinated, uh, which is pretty, pretty good numbers. So it's like we're paying attention to it because the Fox News, Elon Musk, Joe Rogan, side of the world is paying attention to it and trying to turn them into like political activists god that is so bleak and i also think it's like because i mean i feel like th the fact that this story is like has such a wide effect but also is so niche at the same time is very very bizarre to me of like it's like joe rogan can activate a sect of the population that is very large but also like i guess i just don't really come into contact with them because whenever they get up to new shit i'm like where are these guys where are they, they they're just on a different area of internet than me yeah but it's like the way it spreads is so crazy i mean it's only 157 trust still a lot of uh, you know yeah. unhinged idiots but still it's getting all this publicity and i don't know i'm i think it's just time to break up i think there should just be like some sort of enraged mediocre white guy country and then just the rest of us just like <laughs> we split the country or the whole continent in half and some people live over here and the People's Republic of Bernie Stan, right, where it's nice, and then everyone else goes and lives in their weird fucking yeah. Fox News. I'm going to send you some literature on a uh, Wexit, which is an idea <laughs> that I think so you're going to really be on board with. <laughs> I let like let them let them Wexit secede, yeah. bitch. Like get out of <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah, but I think California is like part of her plan. I think she's like, <laughs> no. we, we want to join. <laughs> In addition to like being Nazis, their like whole anti-vaccine, anti-lockdown stuff has actually by taking over Ottawa and they're like pissing and shitting everywhere and like attacking people in the street. Oof. It has created a lockdown. Malls and stores are closing in downtown Ottawa <laughs> because God. they're flooded by anti-maskers. Schools are shutting due to safety concerns. Police are telling people who work in downtown Ottawa to stay home instead. And yeah, you know, JM was also pointing out that the treatment of these protesters is just so glaringly different from the treatment of any other type of protester. They just get treated so kindly by the police. And it, it seems like their strategy is just to hold off and wait for everybody to leave, like when a parent has a screaming toddler and like wants them to just tire themselves out, which is bonkers because it's Nazis. And like that has, <laughs> by definition, that's not how dealing with Nazis has worked in the past. Yeah. Well, more exciting news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was a couple days ago. Apparently things haven't really changed. And also the the police department created a cute little logo being like weekend demonstration update and like posted it with like trucks on the bottom. So the the police are tapping their graphic design team to, <laughs> That's what they're to make sure God, that... <laughs> Honestly, if if public institutions ever, I get like suspicious when if a police department has a good graphic design team, you're like something is gonna miss because <laughs> I feel like the police and like bad comedy shows are using the same graphic designers. And like, 
But police, like that, that's something we've been talking about in the past couple of weeks that like the police have many million dollar uh, PR budgets and like 70 person PR teams like the LAPD has a 70 person PR department that is just constantly pitching stories to mainstream media outlets and like getting them placed. So it's, well, it's like, I mean, and that side is very effective because there's just like newspapers that will republish you yeah, know, yeah. like LAPD press releases as a story. Like, you're uh. all right. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. And we have more exciting news from the world of NFTs, baby. Jamie, are you, do you feel all right heading? <laughs> Like, I sort of, I miscalculated much like were, I thought NFTs was going to be like a wordle thing where if you just wait it out, it'll go away and you'll never have to learn what it is. I'm still hoping that is true. Is that not true? Well, I just feel like it's been a little longer than, uh, it's, it's been, it's been a while because I was I, when I learned about NFTs in the abstract, I was like, if I wait four months, I'll never have to know what this was. Someone will tell me in two years and I'll be like, oh, thank God those went away. That sounds terrible. But I feel like it's been around longer than that. And and there and the conversation around them just seems to be intensifying. And now I had to like I had a conversation the other night about red ape family i like i don't know what is going on and it's i don't think people are going to stop talking about them and i'm i'm stressed out i'm stressed out there there's a like an nft ape pilot in the works that's how it came to me there's an animated nft ape pilot that's gonna happen they're not gonna go away are you telling me that there's like no latino or filipino families on tv but we have nft apes is that what's going on we've been skipped once again nft apes (laughs) the nft apes hopped the line and this, I truly like. I'm not even going to send you the the proof of concept that I saw because it was like, it truly like broke my brain. I was like, "What is anybody talking about?" Right. Each episode is going to be its own NFT that you can bid on, and you will have the only copy of that. I'm sorry, yeah, the it, NFT apes in the show know about nfts but they also are nfts and they're married but they're also selling nfts but they are nfts and it was just like i'm gonna kill myself (laughs) it makes me so confused and and i'm afraid of what i don't understand and i know it's bad but i can't understand why it's bad because it's too confusing yeah sorry what's the story (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and when you talk about nft uh i forget who was like talked shit about nfts but like somebody whose immediate response was like bro all your t- tickets are going to be sold as nfts within like six months and that's like okay i'm just like what Does are you talking it? about yeah there's sometimes off. i'll I've, i'll post a picture and they're like is this an nft and i'm like I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> it, it could be. I just like my. I if sorry. Yeah. What's the story? I mean, yeah, it's more more of the same, Jamie. <laughs> uh, so somebody launched a like music service that had all the music, like all albums, all songs that you can find online, basically anywhere. Uh, you could stream them on the service called Hit Piece. The NFTs are the songs. And the artists had no idea that their albums were listed on this website. Most of the artists. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And so, you know, on the main page, they were auctioning off Disney-owned songs uh, as NFTs. And well, it, I guess it, that's more of a victimless crime. Right. But it also feels like, okay, so this is clearly like a 13-year-old in their basement who like figured this out and is just like putting this shit out there. It was started by an actual... What if it was Neil Young, though? 
Brown. What if Neil Young pivoted? He's, He's like, like now on the other hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Neil Young is already like, no, no, it's Amazon. That's what I'm That's where about. the ethics are. It yeah. was like, that's where I get all my toy train pop parts. Up, you were so close. <laughs> Wait, did, did he like support Amazon? Yeah, yeah, no, no he pivoted no. to Amazon. There, it hurt my head. I, I shouldn't have tried to participate in the uh, online discourse around it, but there were a lot of Neil Young fans who were like, "What was you supposed to do?" I was like, "Literally anything else." <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Amazon is the <laughs> the only bigger bad. Anyways, right? Sorry. So I assume this was you know just like some NFT bros who had like put this together, like scraped Spotify's like library and just put it up on a separate server it was started by actual music executives bankrolled by venture capitalists who are probably you know the same venture capitalists who are funding the ape movie or tv show that uh, don't talk to me about it (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't i i don't know it's and there's like a lot of celebrity support for it we played that fucking uncanny valley clip of jimmy fallon and paris hilton like talking about their nfts and it's it's like a vic burger clip without any editing at all (laughs) it's just so surreal they're like and then you told me about this ape and i got one and he's got a red hat and then they take it out and the audience is like oh and like start clapping and shit it's just so strange it's so strange there's someone in my life who's terrorizing me with trying to get me to understand what NFTs are, even though I don't want to. And that, so I'll just get like screenshots of an NFT news update. And I'm like, uh, Justin Bieber got one. But here's Tight. what the tweet says. Breaking. Justin Bieber has purchased Bored Ape number 3001 for 500 Seth coin, which is 1,310,125 us dollars i'm like i and then there's a picture of an ape crying and i'm like i understand less than zero percent of what that means what does that mean yeah the ape crying represents all of us i think (laughs) just our civilization okay so i don't know musicians are pissed because nobody ask them the and they're not getting like some bands were involved in nft auctions of their songs but that now they're like we don't know what happened sorry i'm a i'm a new manager who was just hired by this band and i'm just catching up on all this just like you guys and then that wow band is actually managed by like the company that founded the the hit piece so it's all that's a big swing to be like i'm this is actually my first day so i actually don't know sorry wow yeah that's the national parks (laughs) is the name of that band so i don't know man uh i still i watched that two hour two and a half hour youtube clip about nfts it seems like it's just an unsustainable like all the all the stuff that people are like yeah but this is the future it's like it shouldn't be because it's got all the problems of capitalism and then for all the technological kind of promises of like this is going to make it so it's decentralized like don't really have a realistic founding or any chance of happening so and it's bad for the environment too right even though i'm like i but why but then i i just can't god i have like four brain cells left and i'm just like not <laughs> letting them go down on this topic Same. yeah all right like all <laughs> just... that that is no fair. room yeah no room yeah for it I think Ted Leo of the pharmacists described the site's operators as bottom-feeding scavengers of late capitalism sucking the last marrow from our bones. And I think that's right. I think that's I think that's all that needs to be said about the whole the whole movement. Yeah. All right. I do want to talk about the MLK tapes, which is a podcast that is on our network, but that's not why I'm listening to it. I don't listen to many of the podcasts on our network, but I don't know. There's, uh, (laughs) it's just like, I, it's something that I had always assumed was suspicious. 
And they have a lot of archival audio of people who were eyewitnesses in, or just in Memphis on the day that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was shot and killed. And it is, it's like not even suspicious. It's just like blatant. It's like the, the idea that it was James Earl Ray acting alone is like such a clear, like bad faith argument. And then, so there, there's just like some shit in here that I didn't know about. Like, so one thing I didn't know about, there was this like HBO mock trial of James Earl Ray in 1999 that was like basically a real trial. They ran it like a real trial with a real jury, real judge. And because James Earl Ray pled guilty and so he never had a trial. And the lawyer who was supposed to be defending him at the time got fired the day before the trial And he was like, no, it was like the easiest case. He like clearly isn't guilty. And like nobody like he uh, some new attorney who may or may not have like weird underworld ties, like came in and like scooped, scooped him away and was like, I'm going to get you off. No problem. And then was like, you have to plead guilty the next day. So they did this mock trial. It, It was like a month long. They looked at all the evidence in the case. The jury deliberated for two hours and found that it was definitely a conspiracy. And like Martin Luther King Jr.'s widow, Coretta Scott King, voiced like support for the legal finding and was immediately attacked in op-eds in like major newspapers claiming that she was like, I don't know, trying to start trouble or something. It's like the, the mainstream media turned into like a racist sheriff in a small Southern backwater town. Like, And otherwise, like the mainstream media just like I didn't know that that happened, that they like did a trial on HBO and the mainstream media just completely ignored it. And like so the official like court ruling on it is that it wasn't just this one guy. And they found that it was like that the city of Memphis and the federal government should be held responsible. And like it's not clear who did it but like there's just so much weird weird shit like there, there's just so many weird details that like you you should go listen to the show but like you know just he escaped from prison but it was like pretty clear that he had some help and then for mm-hmm. james Earl Ray before the assassination and then he w- was given like these three like f- false identities of people who looked exactly like him, like definitely high level, like intelligence shit that like he was just a petty criminal. So they were clearly like grooming him to be the fall guy for this crime. And like the whole process of the guilty plea just like didn't make any sense. He like in in court was like, okay, I plead legally guilty, but I want to add something about like J. Edgar Hoover's involvement. And his lawyer told him not to. And he basically, after two days after his guilty plea, he wrote to the judge asking him to asking him to like reverse his plea and let him face trial. And the judge who had been like there for the plea and saw it was all sorts of fucked up and was going to give him a trial and was like deliberating on that. And then they found him like slumped over like the James Earl Ray paperwork, dead from an apparent heart attack, which is just i don't know also oh that God. a lot of convenient Wait, what is heart the name attacks of this out podcast? there the mlk tapes i'm uh going to listen to this today yeah Holy it's shit. amazing is it on are there new episodes coming out or is the whole thing yeah out? it's in the middle it's five episodes in and i think there's gonna be oh, like man. five more um this sounds like an ad but it isn't this is <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just like this i don't know like, like I, I don't ever listen to iHeart podcast but <laughs> Look, i'm not a fan one. not a fan including <laughs> this one uh the one you're listening to not a fan uh, would never listen do never listen but yeah i don't know it's uh, like you know, you mentioned earlier it's Black History Month and like there's this moment in 13th where like one of the scholars points out that like the black community had their leaders systematically like killed, jailed, murdered, like forced to leave the country, like all around the same time. And like that is 
a massive, massive part of black history. And like there's, you know, there's the two of the people who assassinated or were convicted of assassinating Martin Luther or uh, sorry, Malcolm X were like exonerated and a reexamination of that case ultimately revealed there were multiple undercover FBI agents in the crowd the day he was assassinated. We've talked before about Fred Hampton and how blatantly it was set up by like the government and the Chicago police. But yeah, I don't know. Like if, if you're going to talk about like black history and talk about Martin Luther King Jr., like what has been like systematically taken from the black community like very recently like fred hampton would still be alive like if they hadn't murdered him like what but like literally the very least the mainstream media and the modern government could do is like try and correct the record and start like owning up to the straight up like terrorism and you know like it's gaslighting, murderous, like nightmarish injustice that is really like unparalleled in the modern world. Like it's fucking bonkers. It's like a massive, massive intelligence operation that was just unfolding before our eyes. And then the mainstream media, when like <laughs> when his widow comes out and is like, look, like, so she had like from the time of his murder to, forward to this 1999 mock trial had just been like gone along with the official story and just been like, yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, it's obviously very like painful to look at, but so she attended this trial and like watched every like piece of evidence and, you know, every witness testify. And for the first time was like, okay, like there's clearly something went down here. And the fact that the mainstream media treated that like, she was like betraying them is so fucking shocking and just like that was in 1999 you know God. i mean that was such to paint her as an angry black woman as her yeah. husband was slain and murdered by the government 30 years prior and just the courage it took for her to attend and then yeah. the media takes her down Ugh, i wish this country could just accept their, the terrible wounds of the past and acknowledge them and figure out a better path forward because I think they're just scared that if the truth came out, people would crumble, that this is all right. uh, a facade, but it is. And we just need right. to accept these right. things and, you know, do better. That, I mean, that, what a bummer. The detail about the judge heart attack, just because like on its own might not sound like th that suspicious, but there's also... So, like, the, the woman who he had been booked into a room at the motel. First of all, he never stayed at motels with, like, exterior access because that's just, like, a safety and security risk. They called off the security team that normally stayed with him when he was in Memphis. They There were, like, these attack ads in the papers attacking him for staying at hotels and not the Lorraine Motel where he was uh, ultimately <laughs> murdered because they said, like, those hotels were white-owned. And, like, so that was in the newspaper in the lead-up. But so the week before his trip, an official from, I think she said, I, I forget what, like, organization she thought they were from, but they showed up to the motel and asked that his room be changed to one with a view of the empty pool for some reason which is was the one that like had the clear view to where he ended up being assassinated and immediately after he was murdered the woman who like made the change based on that like official's request ran around screaming oh my god what did i do then lost consciousness from a brain aneurysm and never regained consciousness oh my god it's like feels like i don't know the the type of organizations that have like heart attack guns and shit like that, which we know the CIA did, like that mm -hmm. they seem to have been involved at some level here. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy shit. And the, also the fact that like the JFK got the Oliver Stone film, like this is like so much clearer <laughs> and like. Right. He had to like make up shit for his conspiracy film. Like this is just like blatantly a conspiracy. There's no, yeah, there's no shortage. God, that's, I'm, yeah. I'm very excited to listen to, I mean, excited isn't the word. Yeah, it's pretty, it has a lot of really wild shit in there and highly recommend. All right. Well, Chris, 
It has been, despite the really awful shit we talked about, it has been <laughs> a true pleasure having you on the show. Thanks. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, I feel a little sadder now than when the show started. And um, no, okay. Well, that that's, always, what yeah, that's always what we want. have been doing this for, five, what, five years now, Jack? Y- yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. actually 22. This is just what I look like now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. News. <laughs> As well as you. Yeah. Um, Where can people find you, follow you, all that good stuff? Well, I have a new podcast on iHeart that just came out a couple weeks ago called Finding Raffi, yeah, which yeah. is all about that singer Raffi, the kid singer. And yeah. I've gotten to know him over the last couple of months and we talk about his work. It, it's based on, it's That's like so the sequel cool. of another show called Finding Fred that was really good about Mr. Rogers. Yeah. And it's just really, it's really heartwarming and it's really inspiring. And um, Rafi is just by all accounts a really, I don't know if you listen to him as a kid, but he's like a yeah. cool old dude that is just, he's on the right side of things. And it's really nice to hear him reflect on his on his career and how, the world should be now it's been it's really cool i still that's listen amazing. to him because i have a five-year-old and a three-year-old and that is so great to hear oh that's what's your favorite raffi song uh i mean baby beluga is still a classic yeah Slaps there's also a toothbrushing song that comes in handy quite a bit oh um, yeah brush your teeth who can forget yeah. that one <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's yeah, the sound yeah. Of brushing your teeth <laughs> you brush your teeth <laughs> <laughs> My 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 mom uh, is a second grade teacher, so she's all over Rafi. I'm gonna tell her about that's so cool. Yeah, it's been really cool. There's ten episodes. Just the fourth one came out yesterday, but we get into some really great conversations. I'm a I have a one year old, and so I'm new to Rafi, and so I'm like all in. And so it's really it's been really neat to um, talk to him while having a young kid of my own. It's been really really cool. So yeah, check it out. Yeah. And much better than the other podcast, Hunting Rap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a nightmare. Yeah, yeah ca- Canadian dark. truckers are after him, dude. He's too lefty for Canadian yeah. truckers and they're trying to get him. That's so cool, man. Yeah. That's awesome. And do you say where people can find you on like social oh, media, all that good on stuff? On Twitter, I'm underscore Chris Garcia. And on Instagram, I'm Rad Tuna. Yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying? You know what? This is an old one, but I, I just, he just put out a special named after this, and it's by Yadoya Travis. And the yeah. tweet is, damn, a coffin costs $4,000. Y'all can bury me loose. <laughs> which, <laughs> bury me loose. <laughs> <laughs> which is such a funny image and so funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jamie, where can people find you and what is the tweet you've been enjoying? Uh, you can find me on twitter.com at jamieloftishelp or Instagram at jamiecrysuperstar. You can listen to Bechtelcast, Actcast, Lolita Podcast, Myuri Mensa, or none of them. I, I won't know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you, you uh, I'm going to shout out, I feel like every time I'm on I shout out a Broti Gupta tweet, but she's just simply so funny. And yesterday she tweeted, Garfield is a cat. Why does he walk like a man? Uh, And it's just kind of been on my mind. And also a Taylor Guerin tweet, uh, when there's six minutes left in the flight, it's like, stop being dramatic and land. (laughs) Uh, That's so true. It's like, yeah, they really stretch that shit out, it seems like sometimes. Yeah, and then uh, I'll shout out a tweet from Helena at Fresh Hell. Uh, it's cute how bananas have the outfit on. Uh, so just <laughs> a lot of, you know, the brain trust is really at work today. So shout out to, to all three of them. And where can people find you? Did you say that already? Yes, I did. <laughs> You're Jamie, right? Jamie. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm, yeah, it's my 17th yeah. birthday today. What? Congratulations. I've been guessing on the show since I was 12. (laughs) (laughs) A tweet I've been enjoying that's appropriate to today. Anna Dresden tweeted, Every time I learn even one fraction of one fact about NFTs, my heart sinks one inch. (laughs) And then Jason Pargin replied, I felt the same way a few days ago. But like you, I was still at the stage where I was assuming they were fungible. But I have good news. (laughs) 
you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, where we link off the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. And I am going to recommend anything off of Jasmine Sullivan's album Hotels. Let's we'll go with uh, Bodies, the intro, which I don't know if you like Drake, but wish he still made interesting music. This album is it's so good. It's better than anything Drake's made, but it's like kind of got this song in particular has like early Drake vibes. But yeah, check check out her work. She's amazing. All right. Well, the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for us this morning. But we are back this afternoon to tell you what's trending. And we'll talk to you all then. Bye. Bye.